ESPN FC Daily, Kay Murray and LME. The groups are done. Brazil topping Group G. Switzerland will be the side following them through to the knockout rounds. Hey, Luis, the last ever 32-team World Cup is signing off with something that's never happened before in a 32-team World Cup. Not a single side winning all of its games in the group stage. The last time that that happened was at USA 94. Cameroon beat Brazil. That means that Brazil actually conceded a goal. So we're continuing with the drama here. And what a game that was between Serbia and Switzerland, finishing 3-2. Uh, three, yeah, 3-2. Three, I'm, I'm forgetting myself here. <laughs> um, uh, let, let's wrap it up then, shall we? Which game do you want to start with? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the one that you just talked about, 3-2. <laughs> the one I, I don't even know the score of. I know, right? I mean, I guess we can go there. It was a complete back and forth. Uh, I've had high hopes for Switzerland during this entire tournament, but, you know, taking nothing away from Serbia. There's a lot in this matchup, by the way, from a social, uh, cultural perspective, from a political perspective. So the, the high tensions were always going to be there, but I didn't expect it was going to be a five-goal thriller. I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, slow nil-nils and maybe somebody gets a goal at the end. But Switzerland deliver, and I've been high on them for a while, Kay. I think they're a very well-organized team. They have talent. I think Brilliant Mbolo is fantastic, but it's not just about him. Shakiri, of course. So they're a good team. So I'm, I'm expecting some good things here from Switzerland entering the knockout stages. But I love that stat that not one single uh, team here was able to win all three matches. It says a lot. USA 94, huh? Who won in USA 94 the whole thing? Who won in USA 94 the whole thing? It was Brazil. Brazil, I, yeah. And Brazil. I think when we do our brackets, you know who later, weren't there? Line, yeah, <laughs> England. <laughs> I know. Let's not talk about that. But no, tremendous we'll stuff. Amazing. L let me tell you what we've got coming up. We're going to have a USA Netherlands preview. We'll get to Brazil. Don't worry. We're going to okay. speak to our colleagues in Qatar. We're going to speak to one of our colleagues from the Netherlands from ESPN coming Amazing. up just a little bit later. And then we're going to be bringing our updated brackets to you. Uh, Rob Dawson is going to be joining us to do that as well. Let's have a quick word on Brazil then before we look ahead here. Brazil's B team, LOL. I mean, come on, man. That could be anybody's starting team. I know that this is not any news or anything, but when you actually just see it laid out, you're like, this is unfair. Yeah, it's really unfair. Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, Rodrigo, who's like one of the best Anthony, players in La Liga. Anthony, Fred, Alves, Militao, Teles. What do I always say? Hey, what do I always say? It's like Brazil. Chiche is just like, oh, my diamond shoes don't fit. Oh, my, my wallet's <laughs> too small for my 50s. Like, I don't feel sorry for this Brazilian time. Like, the Brazil B team, like you said, could make it really far. But they did kind of seem a little bit relaxed today. Not relaxed. I think that's the, the, not the right word. But a little bit of what Spain were going through yesterday as well. Just, you know, they knew that they, they got the job done. So it's really just about testing the legs and seeing what could come off. But hey, like you said, this Brazilian team is very deep. Yeah, a win for Cameroon, nevertheless. And uh, something else, it's just to add to the craziness, Abubakar scoring the goal, then celebrating by taking his shirt off and getting sent off for it for a second <laughs> yellow card. By the way, I hate that rule. Like, let him take his shirt off. Who cares? If you take your shorts down, then yeah, maybe you get a yellow. But a shirt? Come on, it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, well, that, that rules are rules, huh? Yeah, anyway. Rules, yes. Arsene Bodden has been with the US camp throughout the World Cup so far, and that must be a great camp to be a part of right now. We're going to welcome him in because we need to know all the latest news ahead of this big game against the Netherlands. And honestly, 
It is so exciting. There he is. Hello, Sam. <laughs> How are you doing? His first What's time up, here. guys? What's up? Nice yeah. to be here. That's how busy he's been. Okay, so then before we hear from you, we know that you spoke to Christian Pulisic earlier today, so let's hear a little more from that interview. Can you describe what those moments leading up to making contact with the ball was and then what happened afterwards? Yeah, I mean, a great ball across from Weston and, and you know, when you know, Serge gets in that area. I know the ball's going to be in front of the goal, so I uh, just had to, you know, book it, try to get in front of that defender, and uh, luckily I was able to do so, and, you know, I didn't even think about, um, you know, taking a hit or, or, you know, being brave. I just, oh, I just wanted that goal. I wanted to get there in time um, for the chance that the ball would arrive, and sure enough, it did. And, uh, yeah, of course, once it happened, it was a strange moment because it was, it was extremely painful, but, um, you know, it was all worth it, of course, to get the goal. Now that you're in the knockout rounds, what is success to you? I would say, you know, we have a, a great matchup against, against the Netherlands, a very strong team, an experienced team. Um, but we take it one game at a time now. And a success, you know, each game is, is winning the game. And it's simple as that. So, we, you know, we're going to battle. Uh, it's by no means going to be an easy one for us. Um, and we're going to give absolutely everything to try to win this game. Um, we, you know, we finished our first objective, like we mentioned. You know, we got out of the group, uh, which we can be extremely proud of. But now that we're here, we're not just okay with doing that. So now we want to do everything and, and, and move on to the next round. Goes in before Kay says anything, Sam. You did something amazing. You created an excited Christian Pulisic. I, <laughs> I have, I have never seen that in the history of Pulisic's career. Well done, Sam Borden. You Thank did you. It. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I'll tell you something, uh, Luis. Like he's been a different guy this whole tournament. I think you could see it from the moment that he showed up here, uh, arriving here. I guess about three weeks ago. He, he seems different, uh, and I think he's not taking this for granted. Obviously. We all remember the, the tears on his face uh, at the end of the game in Trinidad five years ago. He's carried that for five years. And, you know, uh, American players, they don't get a Euros, you know, every two years to help them get over this thing of what happens in the World Cup. I think he's ecstatic to be here. I think this is the dream that he's had for a long time. And tomorrow is the opportunity to go out and take that next step. And he's okay, Sam. So that's big news. Big news coming out today and great news for the U.S. Do you think we'll see him from the start then? I think so. I mean, I think it, it remains to be seen whether he's a 90-minute player. But I think at this point, the U.S. would take whatever they can get of him. Obviously, in addition to what he means sort of on the field, I, I think he gives everybody a charge. You know, this obviously there are talented players in the team now. There are guys playing in the Premier League, playing in the Champions League along with him. But he's still the talisman, right? He's still the guy that makes the team go. And just having him on the field has got to be a boost for every other, for every other American that's going to try to make this happen against the Netherlands tomorrow. How likable are this team, Sam? I yeah. mean, obviously you're around them. I think, though, I think they're getting some people maybe who live in this country but have another national team, many of the expats who usually always follow that national team, but it feels like for the first time in a long time, this U.S. team has got so many people jumping on board. And can you see why that's happening? Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, for the longest time, right, the American team was known as just a bunch of athletes. You know, oh, these are guys that are, are serviceable players and every four years they have a chance in the World Cup. And I think what we've seen now with this new generation of players is, 
these are legitimate footballers. I mean, you know, they're playing in the top leagues. And Pulisic even said it's taken a lot of pressure off of him. It used to be that maybe he was the only guy coming in from Europe or maybe he was the only guy coming in from the Champions League. And now he's far from that. There are players that are following his footsteps and making bigger footprints maybe by the time their career is done, right? Like this is a, a team of footballers. They're young. They're exciting. They play an attractive style of football when they're up for it. And I think that that, like you said, Kay, has really just brought in a different kind of fan. I think there's an appreciation now, even if the USA is not your number one team, people are pretty happy if that's their number two and, and they're happy to get on board and see what this group can do. Speaking of number one, here we have number one commentators in the US that we're hearing on the broadcast, the likes of Ian Dark and Derek Ray. Well, over in the Netherlands, our ESPN colleague is number one. It is Vincent Skilkamp joining us now from uh, Netherlands. Well, talking more, obviously, covering Netherlands on behalf of ESPN Netherlands. And we want to know so much. Vincent, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. You must be really excited about tomorrow's game. Uh, yes, we are excited, but we do have some problems here in the Netherlands because the form hasn't been uh, really good in the first three matches of the tournament. So that's a concern. There's also a concern of the health of the players' group because uh, a couple of players uh, were told uh, we were told that they uh, would have the flu. But uh, in the end today, the 26 players were all on the pitch. So maybe that that thing in the end comes out right for us. Let me ask you something, Vincent, because we've been talking a lot about the Netherlands here, obviously, as the next opponent for the USMNT. Um, one thing is, obviously, Louis van Gaal's, uh, I guess for lack of a better phrase, a boring approach yeah. to what we're usually used to at the, the Netherlands, <laughs> the total football, the Rhinos Michels, let's go at them no matter what. And I feel that, you know, Louis van Gaal is never going to change the way he thinks. Is he going to change the approach into this game? Are players going to be more brave, I guess, more forward thinking? Or is Louis van Gaal thinking still, no, I don't care what you say, we're sticking with the plan? He's sticking with the plan. He's definitely sticking with the plan. But things have become upside down because we used to be very good at offense and not so good at defense. Now the other the way, uh, yeah, the way after around. because yeah. our defense is really, really good, but our offense is lacking quality at the moment and the lacking form, the lacking fitness. So we do have some concerns going into the game tomorrow against the United States because all those qualities I mentioned, uh, that's what the U.S. does possess. They have the energy right now. They have the positive feeling, and that's what we are lacking at the, at the moment. So we are normally uh, overconfident here in the Netherlands, but uh, for the, tomorrow's game, that's not the case, I'm afraid. Well, wow, that's interesting to hear. I just want to go back to that, that flu report then, Vincent. You're saying it looks as though it's okay because, you know, sometimes to hear the flu, people might mistake a cold or the flu. The flu is pretty serious. To see players yeah. training, where is... Has this report come from? Is it something that's lost in translation? Because usually you imagine if a player's got the flu, they're going to be bedridden. No, but I think the, the problem is that Van Gaal uh, used the word uh, flu. That's what created the problem, I think, because there were two players uh, at uh, earlier pre press conferences, Martin de Roon and Frankie de Jong. Uh, they had a sniff, they had a cough, but it's not the same thing as the flu. And they, um, they said it was due to the, to the air conditioning in the stadiums. Uh, but like I said, 26 players on the pitch, that's no concern for tomorrow's game. They will play. 
To, to be to be fair, Kay, I think everybody here in Qatar, I don't know uh, what Vincent has heard, but sniffing. Yeah, I mean the air conditioning, it's it's like full blast all the time, and then you walk outside and it's ninety degrees Fahrenheit, and then you walk back into the air conditioning. So uh, it seems as though uh, you know, even in a post-COVID world, everybody is just sort of accepting the fact that uh, you know there's going to be people coughing everywhere you go. <laughs> Vincent, I have another question for your Netherlands. And I'm wondering what the uh, thinking is uh, back home. We're going crazy here over Cody Gakpo. What a yep. player. Obviously, uh, we're going to get Rob Dawson, our correspondent, coming in later. He covers Manchester United and Manchester clubs. There's a lot of interest on in him. What's the feeling in the Netherlands for Cody Gakpo? Because we're very excited about him. Well, the feeling is actually that he's the only player who's in really good form right now. We are really dependent on Cody Gagpa. But before the tournament started, uh, everybody was talking about Memphis, uh, our striker, but he's not, he's not fit, he's not in form. And Cody Gagpa scored three goals, obviously, in the tournament. He's a really, really good player who has, who has been given the chance to mature at PSV Eindhoven. Um, they refused to sell him in, in, the, in, the, in the summer transfer period. Uh, to the English Cup, Leeds United, Southampton wanted to sign him for 30 million euros. I think he's now worth like an Anthony fee of 100 million or even more. Definitely. <laughs> yes, maybe the sun go up if he scores one or two uh, more <laughs> goals. But he's a really, really, really good player. Talented. Yeah, Cody Gakpo's put a few more zeros on the end of his name, I think, at this stage <laughs> after what we've seen in the World Cup. All right, going to ask both of you guys then. And I'll start with you, Sam. Where do you think this game is going to be won and lost tomorrow? What, what must the U.S. do to make sure it goes their way? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think that we've seen throughout the group stage that their strength comes from the wings, right? I mean, Tim Weah has been incredible. Tyler Adams, you know, uh, and Weston McKinney and Eunice Musa sort of serving the ball out wide. Polisic crashing in from the back post on one side, way across in from the other. To me, if the U.S. is able to have the same kind of success out wide, I think they're going to be able to score. And that's the big issue. I mean, it was funny for me to hear Vincent talking about how there's a little bit of uh, concern about a malaise with the Netherlands. I mean, they've scored a lot of goals in the group stage relative to what the U.S. has put up. Uh, obviously, the U.S. has exciting players, attacking players, but the production hasn't been there. So they're going to need to attack from the wings like they always do. And they're going to need to actually finish some of these chances because they're going to need the score, I think, tomorrow to have a chance to hang with, uh, with the Dutch. Sam, I can definitely answer that about why the Dutch are so a little bit chill. Because I, I have two very good friends from college who are Dutch. They're cool about everything. They don't want to everything. get excited I know. about anything. <laughs> Even if they win... Thank much to say. Even if they win 7-0 in every game, they're like, no, we're still a little worried about it. That's just a Dutch mentality. Vincent, let, let's ask you that question regarding Sam's you, you know, thoughts on USMNT. What, what, what's the thinking then? What do you think the Dutch need to do against America? I mean, I, I'm a little bit worried defensively just from mm -hmm. a Virgil van Dijk perspective as well. I feel like he's not really the same player we see, I guess, with Liverpool. What, what do you think uh, the Netherlands need to do tomorrow against the USMNT? Well, actually, I'm not so uh, over-concerned about the defense part of it. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the problem is the offense part, because the midfield is not gluing together. He's been searching for the player next to Frankie de Jong, who can accelerate uh, to a more forward position if he has a good player next to him. But uh, I really think it all comes down to the form of Cody Gakpo tomorrow, because Memphis really isn't a fit player at the moment. So uh, all the offensive attention would be on uh, Cody Gakpo. But the first thing the Dutch have to do tomorrow in the USA game, they have to go on with the energy the uh, USA is putting into the match. If they can match the energy, then the quality, because there's a lot of 
attacking quality in the side, but it hasn't come out yet. If they uh, go along with the energy, then, then they can make the difference with the quality. But they, if they don't have the energy, if they um, uh, distribute the energy they had in the first three games, then it's going to be a very, very tough game. And maybe it could, it could go all the way to, uh, to extra time and penalties. And, and then Louis van Gaal has a master plan because he has been training on penalties for about six or seven weeks. So we're going to put on another goalkeeper to, uh, to create some confusion. And then we're going to go through, I think. <laughs> Oh, wow. You know what? That would be so interesting, wasn't it? But it How but about it that scenario? What, <laughs> usually, I, usually I never call for penalties as an English person. But anyway, if it's another team, <laughs> I can watch. <laughs> anyway, Vincent, what I will say, though, is it sounds like from a few of the things you've just been saying here, that the biggest fear that you'd probably have then against this US side, the Netherlands side, is that energy that they're carrying into this game and not being able to match it then. Yeah, that's, that's really the main concern because uh, a few players just are not uh, at their fitness level they used to be uh, in, 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 at, their club, at the club teams. So that's really a big problem. And Memphis, because Louis van Gaal has always stated uh, to become world champions, he stated that 13 times in his last press conference before the World Cup, by the way, 13 times he said in the press conference, we're going to be the world champions. But he also said, we need a good Memphis Depay in our uh, first 11. And Memphis at the moment, is not the Memphis he used to be for about uh, two years ago or something. So that's really a main concern. Then it all comes down to the young, inexperienced Cody Gakpo. That are big shoes to fill for him. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on Cody yep. Gakpo, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What do you think the biggest fear will be with this side? Do you think it could be the experience in this side against them? I think, I think it's that, Kay. And I think, honestly, if you're an American fan, I think the biggest concern you have is Louis van Gaal. I think we saw in the first game of the group stage, you know, Rob Page, who is a manager, who's a very good manager, but is clearly not a manager with the same pedigree, was able to unlock the U.S. in the second half. And I think that that's the concern And if, for me. You know, the U.S. comes out with incredible energy in the first half. They, they have been able to get on the front foot, but we've seen in the second half that both the opposing manager is able to make some adjustments and uh, unlock them a little bit, and the fatigue sets in when you're playing that kind of a high-energy game. To me, the biggest fear tomorrow is the second half, maybe even the last 30 minutes, let's say. I could see a scenario where the U.S. is able to get out in front, is able to play with energy, is able to uh, even impose itself a little bit on the game, but then I think there will come a point in the second half where they're going to suffer because the, uh, the Dutch will be able to make adjustments and unlock them the way that the Welsh were. And I think whether they're able to come through that phase successfully is going to dictate whether they're, you know, behind, uh, able to get into extra time, or maybe even able to come away with a win. This game to me, Kay, very quickly, is about momentum. It's about the narrative and the journey of the entire 90 minutes. Because you know, already Vincent has said it, Sam obviously reports on it, about the eagerness, the energy of the USMNT, okay? It's not a cliche to say that, because their average age is 25. They want to be willing and working collectively. I talked to Tim, Tim Way a few weeks ago. He talks about that. But then it's about not just the Netherlands meeting that energy, but at the same time understanding that there will be moments in the game where they will have their chances. The question will be who will take theirs at exactly the time that you need it to. Okay, we're going to let these guys go. I know that Vincent's got to host the Netherlands version of SportsCenter. ESPN fan dog. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, ESPN van der very well pronounced. Van very good. Um, nice do they job, still have Kay. the same music <laughs> we have here in the yeah. US? Yeah. Love that. Okay, yeah. Vincent, thank you so much for being with us. And Sam, we'll let you go, but make You're sure welcome. you go and tell the US camp 
all the secrets about the penalty shootout <laughs> and swapping the goalkeeper out as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. I tell you what, before we bring our next guest in, Luis, that, that, that's left a few things that are interesting for me. Mm. I feel as though when I heard the flu's not as serious, and obviously a lot of people do use the word flu instead of a cold or sniffles, which it does appear to be. Uh, I'm not saying that's what it is. That's what it would appear, though, from what we're That's hearing. what I do when I try and pretend not to go to work. I just say I have the flu. Yeah, like it, the flu as you, the flu is something <laughs> completely different. You know, you usually are sucking better if you have the flu. So it doesn't sound like it is a flu outbreak uh, as we might have thought it was. But I then thought, oh, dear, then. Then this could be not good for the U.S. This Netherlands side have taken seven from nine points in those groups. They know how to, they've been scoring goals anyway. Cody Gakpo's looking like he, he is. <laughs> But then hearing someone with the experience that Vincent does not feel confident and even joking, we always see the Dutch as a confident team, as a confident people. That made me think a little bit, you know. It did. It did. I don't know. I'm always feeling that the Dutch are very smart at keeping their cards close to their chest. And even the fans, even the reporters, even the analysts, they don't want to give too much away. That's very American, I think. What me and you have lived here long enough to know that that grandiosity, that that confidence, is part of what makes the USMNT or any team, the USWNT, anybody feel great. I feel like the Dutch are being very reserved about it. And who is better at keeping their cards close to the chest than Louis Van Gaal? So I, I think that yes, a lot is going to be reliant on Cody Gakpo, but I feel that this uh, Dutch team is very smart and they'll be ready for that energy uh, against the Americans. We'll have to wait and see what happens though. Oh, maybe the American should have said, no, Polisic isn't good at all. And then just unleashing <laughs> tomorrow. Exactly. They exactly. played them at their own game. We've got Rob Dawson with us, joining us, because we've got a lot to talk about. Before we actually get to the brackets, which is we've been given a clean slate. We've been allowed to do our brackets again now from the knockout rounds going forward. But first, Rob, welcome back into the show. Uh, we wanted to know a little bit about this beef in the South Korea-Portugal game with Ronaldo, which has hit some of the headlines now. Yeah, I mean, I was I was at that game um, earlier today, and Ronaldo was substituted in the 65th minute. Um, he's walking off the pitch. South Korea are obviously desperate for a goal. Uh, one of their players walks over and tells him to get off the pitch quicker because they obviously want more time to try and score that goal. And it turns into a little bit of a, a verbal exchange, I suppose you could you could say. And um, the Portugal manager afterwards was asked about it. He said that Ronaldo was angry. He said he was insulted by the the South Korean player, and um, and that's why he walked off in in a bit of a huff. Um, you know, it's, it's typical again of this World Cup. Um, Ronaldo didn't do very much in the game. He, he was quite quiet. He, he missed a decent chance. But again, even after South Korea have pulled off such a miraculous win and, and have got through to the knockout rounds, we're still talking about Ronaldo. And we're going to be talking about and him. here we are doing it ourselves. Until, yeah, <laughs> un yeah, exactly. Until he goes out, probably, and probably beyond that because it's Ronaldo. Yeah, I'm so angry at UK for even bringing this up. Enough. <laughs> following a rundown. Don't start, <laughs> That's don't start true. coming at me. Don't start coming yeah. at me. So listen, told, I told you guys that we've been given a, a clean slate when it comes to to putting our brackets together again. And I don't know about you guys, but here's something I did this time around. I felt I kept it pretty safe looking at the groups. And I was almost like a bookie's choice type picks. Knowing that there would be a surprise, I decided not to decide who the surprise would be. I was lazy. I'll admit it. This time around, <laughs> I've changed things up a bit. Have you, Luis? Right. Definitely. You have to root for chaos because chaos is, is what we've seen already. I definitely have some picks in my brackets that are going to be a little chaotic. Will it be true? 
I doubt it because I've been wrong a, a bunch of times. Kay, you and I were talking about how like we like to gloat about our original bracket predictions, but the second half of the second part of that bracket, we don't like to talk about it that much. But I do definitely feel that because of what we've seen, the evidence is there. There's going to be some shocking results in the round of 16. I really do believe that. Okay, so let's go through Rob's then. Rob, talk us through your bracket, the changes you may have made from your original one and why you've made these picks. I mean, I've gone safe, which is, is ridiculous given that I've been at Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Japan. <laughs> and yeah, South that's, pro- that's like my original. That's almost my, yeah, that's pretty safe. Uh, I, mean, I mean, USA, Netherlands, obviously people are thinking hard about this but that, that's not that much mm. of a safe pick don't I, I think no that's no, not think, so safe I, actually actually yeah. no, i think i think the netherlands are, are a great match for the i think that the netherlands suit the usa better than senegal or ecuador would have done mm-hmm. given that the way they play i know it looks on paper you know you're playing a european heavyweight and you know you probably don't want to do that in the knockout rounds i think in terms of style and whether the us are going to get through that i think that suits them better than ecuador or, or senegal i think you know deep down they'll be quite happy with that so that's why i've got usa to go through I mean, the other ones, Japan, I mean, Croatia, I think he's very tight. And that's not a safe pick, Rob. I think picking Actually, Japan Actually, yeah, you know Croatia what? I looked at the wrong is, side is of the bracket, good. Rob. I mean, I think... Japan, I've seen, Japan, I, I watched Croatia against Canada and Canada started that game with such energy and they blitzed Croatia for about 20 minutes and Croatia couldn't cope. And, uh, when and I then watched what Japan play, Well, yeah, but let's forget about that. We're not going to focus on that. Focus on the first bit. Um, and then Japan, they play with such energy and... I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence that in the two games that they've won, Germany and Spain, they've scored two goals very, very quickly because the, the, the Germany and Spain just haven't been able to cope with the relentlessness of, of the pressure. And I don't think Croatia, with especially with some of the ageing legs they've got in that team, you know, I don't think they'll be able to cope with that, or at least that's what I'm hoping, obviously. Um, other than that, I think it's fairly, it's fairly straightforward. I, I, the one that I don't particularly fancy that I've got, I don't particularly fancy England. Yeah, um, well, right. Senegal uh, are great at penalties. Boy, <laughs> they won okay, the, so they won the there, there, there's going to be a theme here. Penalties. Yeah, there's going to be a theme. Here. Okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah. No, it's got. So then, let's get yours then, LME. All right. So, oh, sorry. Go on, Rob. Yeah, well, no, Rob, and then it on. just it, it goes. I think it's. I mean, I, I think a few people have got Brazil to win. I, I just think Brazil. You, you mentioned it already in the show. Brazil's strength in depth is incredible. You know, they've, they've made nine changes today and it's still a team that would probably get to the quarterfinals of the competition if they were playing on their own. So yeah. I just think that will, will tell. And, and in the end, that will be the, the, the big decider. That's why I said there's a theme here, Kay. Let's go to mine to, to, to say what, I'm, uh, what, what Rob was talking about. I have Brazil, England. By the way, that prediction for the final uh, hasn't changed for me. Yes, I know. I know. What? Like, Kay and Rob are like rolling their eyes. But you can and tell you've got English. So you've got Netherlands, uh, Argentina, Croatia, Brazil, Poland, England, and Morocco, Portugal in the quarters. Poland to beat France. I went with a lot of chaos, Kay, Murray. I told you that. And remember, well, they're not going to cause any chaos if they don't move. What have we seen in the past week and a half? A lot of chaos. I had to pick. I was like you, Kate, when we were picking this. It's like, am I going to go boring? No, I need to go crazy here. I want to see Morocco beat Spain. I want that to happen. Will it happen? I don't know. But I'm going to select it anyway. Yes, England, I know. Listen, I was born and raised there too. I'm Peruvian, but I I understand the pessimism. But I just have to keep believing that this is going to happen. But ultimately, I think Brazil is just too deep. That's my issue. France, Poland, I'm going back on my 
France are all or nothing situation. And I feel that they haven't shown me that enough to suggest that they're going to go all the way to the final. So I went with Poland. I know I'm probably going to be horrifically wrong, but I, if you're going to go diving down 200 miles an hour of a cliff, you better just go all out. And that's exactly what I did. But you stuck with your same final. Is it your same winner? Yeah. Yes, right. Brazil. Definitely. What about you, okay. Kate? Show me your bracket. I'll show you mine. Actually, we have one of the same picks. I love Spain, as you know. I lived there for a long time, but I can't go against this Morocco side. See, you're so, so to much them trouble, and you pick Morocco yourself. No, that's not what I, I was giving that. you heat for, though. I was giving you heat for Poland. Yeah, I know that was bad. Rob, what do you think of? Kate? I think that's I think that's not a bad shout, Morocco. I, I watched Spain against you. I've picked Spain, obviously, but I, I watched Spain against Japan, and they, when they needed a goal, when they thought they were going out, they couldn't do it, and they 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 kept the ball. And they passed and they passed and they passed, but there was no threat. And I think Morocco, you know, heading into the, the last 16 with the momentum that they do, you know, that I, I'm not sure that would be a, obviously it would be a surprise, but in terms of how this tournament has gone, I can see that. And by the way, Morocco are no joke. They're like, no, no, yeah. not even in no, this tournament. Not. Like, they have shown it in, in, in previous tournaments and matches that they are a good team. Hakim Ziyech is one of the best players in the tournament right now. And it's not even just Well, a topic group with Croatia in. They let in mm. one goal. And also, to add to Rob's point, that did also come into play as well. You can have all the possession, but if you're not going to put the ball in the net, that's a problem. And then they're getting caught open so easily as well and conceding. Mm. And I don't think, like, when you're coming up against a side as well who have been defensively strong, like Morocco, I don't know how that's going to go their way. But then again, it is Luis Enrique Spain. You just don't know what you're going to get from them, as we saw in the Euros. Uh, my other big one that it took a long time, but after hearing Vincent talk today, I really obviously want to see the US go through against the Netherlands. And after hearing him today, I am actually even more confident in this pick now. I feel as though the Dutch are a little bit scared of this confident USA side, but I think that the road ends there for them. It is my original final low, Brazil against France, and it is my original winner in Brazil. I think and we, we can wrap Brazil. it up anyway because um, yeah. Luis Miguel Echegaray has got a, a really important got, radio show to go on to, NPR, because he's a very, very important person. He's a, LME not, is a it's VIP. Not, it's not a big deal, guys. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. So I need to, Celebrity. Like, yeah, you guys are too, too boring for me. I love you Make all. Sure, <laughs> yeah, we love you too. Make sure to be back tomorrow because we will find out if it's the USA or Netherlands. And also, don't forget, it's Argentina against Australia as well. We'll be back to recap it all. Make sure you join us.